Hello, and welcome back to Gay Actually, a series as part of the UK Film Review Podcast. Hope you liked our intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that happened today, and we're just going to roll with it. It's going to be a fun, random, deep dive episode today. Uh, my name is Amber, as usual, and I am joined by the lovely Joyce. Hi. <laughs> a large car went past as soon as you said that. <laughs> That's just because my personality is large and loud. <laughs> Larger than life. Yeah. How are you? Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I started laughing as I finished saying that because it wasn't an answer to your question. We've been laughing for the last 20 minutes listeners, oh. because we. <laughs> I started playing the intro just to check that the sound level was good. And then Joyce just started ad-libbing. Gay. Gay. And I was like, well, I'm obviously going to keep that in and we're going to roll with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're a bit sweaty and a bit delirious. That's it's, some information for you. Yeah, definitely. But better than last time. Mm. It's less hot. Yes, less warm. About 10, 15 degrees cooler than we were last recording. Oh, last time it was like, yeah, like 38 or something, right? Yeah, it was ridiculously hot. Even though we were recording at like half nine at night, mm-hmm. um, it was insane. Um, this time, yeah, a bit cooler, a bit earlier in the day. Well, not really, like two hours <laughs> earlier. Um, We've been here for two hours, basically, warming up. Um, I got here an hour and 15 minutes ago. Okay. We've just been catching up because we're both very busy right now. Joyce is doing her dissertation. Yeah, still. Tr- trigger word. <laughs> trigger word. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but yeah, Joyce. What's something gay you've done this week, just to keep our podcast on track? Yes, of course. So, something gay I've done this month, I'll say, because the last few weeks have been very uneventful. But about three weeks ago, I did a weekend-long binge of gay movies. Um, loved one it. day? No, it was, like, I started on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I watched one on Friday, and then, like, two on Saturday, and then on Sunday I just went ham. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. What did you watch? Oh, God, I'm trying to remember. So the first <laughs> one I watched was Between Two Women, which I loved. I texted you about it. I was going to say, is that when you texted me saying, yes. I really have to watch this film right now? Blah, yes. Blah. Oh, my God. I loved it so much. Actually, I've, like, I literally watched it like five times. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I watched um, Losing Chase. Oh, my God. With um, Helen Mirren in it. Oh. Yeah. She kisses a woman in it. Stop. No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I watched Tell It To The Beast. I've heard of that one. Yeah, it was okay. 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 Okay? Okay. It was very okay. Okay, 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 okay. And I can't remember anything else. What else did I watch? Oh! No. <laughs> <laughs> I did not watch that one. I don't know what I'm thinking. I was thinking about Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, but I did oh, not watch that. you know, I have seen that. Yeah, me too. It's good, yeah. right? It's, it is good. Yeah. It's like, well, in terms of film, it's mediocre. Yeah, it's yeah. a good story. Like, mm. Yeah. It's very hot. Yes. Hot yeah. and steamy. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah, I can't really remember what else I watched. Oh. Anyway, what's something gay you've done? good. Thank you. Well, it's kind of gay. Um, my... Uh, my girlfriend basically met like a lot of my extended family in the past week um, because we've been we've been together a while, right? But um, what am I saying? I'm, as I'm trying to think through what I'm saying, I'm like <laughs> in my brain, <laughs> on brand, <laughs> very on brand. Um, yeah. So, hmm. 
Wow. Um, Ember's struggling right now. <laughs> so let me tell you her story. <laughs> you can if you I want to hear no. your version of it. Uh, no, no. no. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we met at a family event. Um, and we, I mean, we've been together a long time, but because of the pandemic and because of various other things, like a lot of my family just hasn't met her yet. So that was quite stressful because I feel like mm, we're quite we're in quite deep now. Yeah, like <laughs> the extended family. Yeah, this is um, going to be interesting, and it went really well. So that was really nice. I and love I that. just was thinking mm, when I was. Thank you for that little clap. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm really happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. When I was a, when I was a teenager, I just never could have imagined that. You know, that's not amazing. to be sentimental or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I did warn listeners that this podcast was going to be a bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yes. Um, yeah. So that was our gay weekly roundup. We've not start, we've not been calling it that, and I think we should. That's actually, should we call it the monthly roundup? Since yeah, but we always say what's something gay you've done this week. I know, but it's never this week for me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expose us. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> monthly no oh, no sorry weekly roundup I love that gaily week no mm. <laughs> we need to think about this <laughs> anyone has a suggestion <laughs> let us know you'll probably be better at it than us <laughs> I mean it took us like how long to come up with the name of this podcast so long yeah. I sent a whole list to editor Chris shout out Chris you're amazing um, I sent a whole list to him and was like help <laughs> he was really kind about it he was like, yeah, gay actually, I think, is the winner. Um, also, apparently we have a lot of Richard Curtis fans, so... Wow. There you go. Look at that. You're welcome. <laughs> you specifically. <laughs> mm. Right, well, so for this episode of Gay Actually, we are going to be doing a deep dive, as it were. We're going to be focusing on the film Carol, directed by Todd Hayes. Todd Haynes? 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 Haynes. Todd Haynes. <laughs> Todd Hayes. Hayes. Um, film that came out in 2015, which I think we've discussed a lot of queer films that came out in 2015, so it was a good year um, for queer-led film. Yeah, it was an ex- excellent year, especially because that year Jennifer's wedding came out. No, that's not her name. <laughs> Jenny, you mean Jenny's wedding? I do mean... I do mean Jenny's wedding. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Jennifer's <Yeah>. wedding. <laughs> the second I said it, I was like, that doesn't sound familiar. <laughs> Jenny's wedding came out in 2015. It did. Maybe it wasn't a... Not a good one. The Danish Girl, About Ray. Mm. Um, Moonlight came out the year after. Mm. Close enough. <laughs> good enough. There were a few other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're going to be talking about Carol. Um, starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Ooh. <laughs> that was Joyce's. Give it up for Kate Blanchett. Gay Blanchett. Stop. <laughs> That's <was> excellent. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, just a PSA as well. Uh, the next hour of this podcast uh, will contain spoilers. I'm not going to say may contain because it will. let's be honest. <laughs> so if you've not seen Carol, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> where have you been it's a masterpiece um if you've not seen it feel free to go away and watch it it's on amazon prime if you're a prime subscriber i don't know what the term is it's on amazon yeah. prime um <clears throat> come back and listen to this and we'll have a nice little chat about it and you will actually know what we're talking about i'm gonna shut up 
<laughs> no, no, it's good. That's good. That's what all the podcasters say when they're spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, Joyce, I'm going to ask you two questions just to kick off this combo. <laughs> Joyce's hot seat. <laughs> um, first of all, I'm going to ask you to describe this film in three words. Without preparation. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> Why is this so hard? This is fascinating to watch. Fifties. <laughs> Lesbians Christmas. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Couldn't agree more. Well, I have three words prepared because I did that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Seductive, gorgeous, human. Look at you and your philosophical words, and I'm like Christmas lesbian. <laughs> no, but it is a New York. No, 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 no. It's a New York Christmas lesbian classic. Yes. <laughs> Hello, sir. Yeah, that's homophobic. <laughs> I'd like to report a hate crime yeah. on the street. <laughs> I love the word seductive. I yes. think that's an excellent choice. This film is very seductive. Yes. Because there's just so much longing, there's so much passion. Exactly. And and the seduction of the characters themselves as yeah, well. It's so key. Yeah. In their whole dynamic. And just in addition to that, it is just human because, you know, it's it's part of the human condition to want and, you know, to feel those feelings of passion. Um but it, it it's about, you know, the human condition and to love and be loved and yeah. what that feels like in a queer space well not a queer space but like a queer headspace mm. and a very unqueer physical space yeah 1950s New York Christmas is not the vibe for lesbians no and you until know until this film <laughs> oh yeah um yeah especially like if you think about Carol's character, she's like this rich, middle class, whatever, you know, very yeah. wealthy family that looks good on the outside type stuff. The husband, the child, the beautiful house, the yeah. Hamptons, you know. The Hamptons. The Hamptons. So, yeah the, yeah. the least queer space you could possibly imagine. And then, boom. Boom. Meet cute. <laughs> and want- isn't it so cute? <laughs> it is so cute. Do you want to give a little summary of Carol? From what, like, how yes. you would describe the film? So, okay. <laughs> so Carol um, basically starts off with the meet cute between Carol and Therese, who works at a department store in the children's toy section. And Carol is looking for a specific doll for her child. And then Therese, because she is gay recommends a train set instead. First of all, vibes, because I was into trains when I was a toddler. Oh, were you? Yes. That's so cute. I had Barbies, like, dolls as Mm -hmm. well, and trains. That's the gayest thing I've ever heard. And my parents just went with it, because they were like, whatever, she likes Thomas the Tank Engine, we'll vibe. And it was was good. That's adorable. Um, But yeah, after, after that meeting... There's this little moment that happens. Carol leaves her gloves. So Therese has to call her. They have to meet. 
and yeah yes and then this relationship between them just kind of blossoms from there it does doesn't it yeah it's just I just think the chemistry between Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara is like just so it's just so palpable like you can just really feel it through the screen Mm. like the way Carol looks at Therese you're like oh my goodness (laughs) the way she like in the department store she's like looking her up and down and then there's a there's one scene later on where she like winks at her across the room and you're like stop it Kate yeah (laughs) I feel like Therese in those moments Um, um where was the first place what was the first what was the first time you saw Carol? Like, what was that like? Where were you? Tell me about that, because I feel like that is a queer experience in itself. Yeah, well, I um, I knew about the film and I really wanted to watch it. And then basically I was like 17 at the time, I think. Um, and I was in high school. And my friend, Jay, um, was very into like 60s fashion. Ooh, so she, she dressed like... 60s vintage all the time that was like Amazing. totally her thing so and she was straight at the time she's straight at the t- at I, d- I don't know I don't know I'm not making assumptions okay um, <laughs> but and I was already out and she knew obviously that I was gay um, so we decided we're gonna watch this film together she's gonna watch it for the fashion and the sets and like all of that and I'm gonna watch it for the lesbians <laughs> so yeah we after like school we just went to mine and watched the film together and Amazing. that's the first time I watched Carol. Yeah. What, and what did you think? Oh, I loved it, obviously. Obviously. Well, like, I feel... Yeah, no, I loved it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, and then since then, you know, it's, it's like a typical Christmas movie, kind of. Like, when Christmas comes around, you kind of want to watch Carol. So I watch it this all the time, the still. I always say Carol is a Christmas film. And a couple of people in my life, in the past, have been like, What? But it's a Christmas film. It's a Christmas film. It's a Christmas film. It's not like explicitly a holly jolly Christmas film. To the point where it was weird watching rewatching it in August. I was like, oh, this yeah. is a Christmas film. When Silver Bells starts playing, <laughs> when they start when they go on their road trip. Because mm-hmm. that's what happens in like halfway through the film. They just go on a road trip together and then Yeah, fall more yeah. in love. It's great. Yeah. Um <laughs> I um first time I saw Carol, I saw it in the cinema. Um and it would have been like November, December of 2015. So I would have been, I think I would have been 17. I think, yeah, I think I would have been 16, 17. I, I can't remember the maths. I must have been 17, I was driving. Well, it was 2015, how old were you in 2015? No, I would have been 17, because I drove there. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and I went with a friend, and we both lied to our parents, and said we were going to see The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Classic. Because that came out at the same time. That's so um, funny that you lied to your parents. Well, I was still kind of... Well, I was still closeted, I mm. think. I don't think I'd really spoken... To my parents about it and it was kind of like blur it was a blurry area um so we like i drove my friend and we went and saw it and and there were like four other people in the screening and it was very intense because it was like one woman on her own love it and then like an old couple behind us and wow. we were like <laughs> we were like slumped down in our seats like ah! <laughs> um but then i went to see mockingjay part two for real the next week and my mum was like, wait, you're seeing it again? 
Wow. And I was like, uh, yeah, it was just that good. Uh, it was really good. Wow. My mum won't listen to this, so I think my secret is safe. <laughs> if she does for some reason listen to this episode, I'm sorry I lied to you, mum. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everything's out on the table now. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, Carol, vibes. That's in my notes. Vibes, 1950s Christmas in New York plus lesbians. What more could Great. you want? <laughs> I love a good, you know, I love a good period lesbian film. Not uh, a period, yeah. lesbian period. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what <God>. happened? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like I love period dramas anyway. And I also love, like, lesbian stories because why not? Yeah. But then a lesbian story that's a period drama is like two gold stars. Yes, I think for me it's something about that like secret longing. Yeah. I just find it so like, lingering looks. Yeah, it's so intense. Yeah, touches. <laughs> and like yeah, in a sense, it's like you know we should have these stories of women loving women out in the open yeah, and all yeah. that. But there's something about that secret like longing, and I don't know. It's just it. it well, I you think know what it, I mean? it's just what we grew up watching, isn't it? Though that kind of secret desire mm. I don't know so then maybe that's why we connect to it because it was kind of yeah the representation we watched but then because it is nice to have as you say it's nice to have a, like a film in the modern day where someone is out and proud and like being their authentic self yeah. um, but there's just something so like immense about like two women finding love in a society that doesn't have the words for that kind of yeah, love yeah exactly and they've still because of like they've just found each other anyway yeah. there's something really powerful about that I think. I think that's it and you know it also just reinforces that idea that gay people have always been around even though <laughs> we don't hear <laughs> like yeah like yeah and that kind of like um materializes that existence of it yeah you're so right i think because as well like there's always that argument when you watch documentaries like the celluloid closet or disclosure that we were talking about last mm. month um like LGBTQ plus people have always been on screen you've just had to know where to look so there's something really like refreshing about seeing a film set in that time yeah. but you know they're gay yeah and it's like oh we like, we're kind of rewriting the narrative a little bit yeah, yeah. and it's quite I don't know I think that's lovely <laughs> exactly but, yeah yes um so I mean the film the film itself as some of you probably will know, is based on the book The Price of Salt, written by bisexual icon Patricia Highsmith. Um, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if she was out as bisexual, but... Well, if you write a book like that... Yeah. (laughs) I think it was... So, I know a bit... I wrote a dissertation for my undergrad on... And I used um, this book as one of my sources. So I know a bit about, like, the background... Um, the main theme that she writes is psychological horror like the talented Mr Ripley for Mm. example but The Price of Salt is her only novel that deviates from that theme so but it's a love story Um, and it is complex like you get a lot like her style is still very much there Um, oh she wrote Strangers on the Train as well that's another one that I'm reading at the moment which is good but she really like taps into the psyche and like the um, 
thought processes and feelings behind her characters and her writing and you can you can still there are remnants of that in the film um it's a lot more intense in the book like there's a lot more like obsession mm-hmm. therese gets very very enamored with carol very quickly and yeah that's true in the film you do see that but i think um there's a lot more uh backstory to therese in in the book and like she didn't have a very easy upbringing and that's kind of prevalent in a lot of of how she thinks and feels about certain situations um the original screenplay it was adapted from the book by phyllis nager the original screenplay i've managed to find a copy of it online like years ago i don't know if you could still access it but um it's very different. It's very, very in keeping with the book. And they've cut a lot out. for the. F- I mean, obviously, the film's two hours long. You yeah. can't keep everything in. So they keep a lot that's, like, integral to the plot in terms of Therese and Carol. But, there's yeah, the original was a lot... There, there was a lot more. Um, which is interesting. Um, but anyway. Yeah, I haven't read the book. Um, it's I really good. I have it, and I started it multiple times. Yeah. Um... I like, I'm looking at your copy right now, and I love that it says, The Price of Salt, or Carol. <laughs> I know. I think it has, like, a type of sticker on the front saying, like, now a big motion picture Oh, nice. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, mine's got that as well. Now a major motion picture. That one, that one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it says on the back, fiction slash lesbian. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um... So, I mean, do you want to talk about some of your film highlights? Are there any moments that stand out for you with Carol? Yes. The motel scene, obviously. New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You want to talk about that? Uh, I always want to talk about that. (laughs) I love their first kiss so much. That is their first kiss, isn't it? Yeah. That's mad, isn't it? And Oh, my God. Tension builder. (gasps) Wait. I'm going to say this in the most PG way possible. When Carol stands behind Therese in the mirror and takes off her bathrobe. Gosh. Every time I watch that, I'm like, ah. <laughs> It's just so seductive. There's been so much, like, romantic and sexual tension building that at that moment you can just, like, I feel like the camera really focuses on Therese's response to yes. that. And, like, she's literally, she can't catch her breath. Mm-hmm. and it's just like such an overwhelming moment it is like it's like amazing to watch in a way yeah it's I, like such a pure moment it's it's so good um i also i love this is not like a specific moment in the film but something i just love so much is theresa's outfits when she's just like in her house painting and stuff she she's wearing her like trousers and her yes. she looks like so like you know Manly, like uh, like masculine, and like her femininity, soft bitch. <laughs> I I love it so much. I love yeah. her. Honestly, I really like her character. Um, I feel like obviously Carol is kind of like the strong main character in a film that like everyone is drawn to. Yeah, but everyone I love... is drawn to Kate Blanchett. Yeah, that in too. Any film she's in. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, yeah, the. Um, but I love Therese as well. I I feel like you know she's young. Yeah. Um, she has like this really strong personality as well. 
she learns what she wants i think by the end that she goes on a real journey yeah and then by the end because at the start of the film she's like with this guy who is nice but she's not really doesn't really spark joy yeah <laughs> and then he's like have you thought any more about europe let's go to europe blah 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 and she's just like not into it yeah and then by the end of the film she's like she literally says um i'm wide awake i've never been more awake in my life oh and it's just she goes on such a journey and but like she just she just realizes what she wants and we see that in the final scene of the film as well where she's yes. just so self-assured she takes the, I don't know why we're already talking about the ending but she takes the power in the ending of the film yeah. Carol has the power the whole time you're right yeah. and then she it switches completely she's like it's my turn yeah it, it completely switches yeah. Carol's basically on her knees begging for Therese to come back to her yeah. and Therese has the power and that's empowering for her as well because she's that. never had the power exactly especially in the book as well like she's so powerless mm. her, and then this one experience changes her whole life like she not to be dramatic but you know she figures out what she wants in the film she's a set no in the book she's a set designer oh okay um, so it's a bit different to the photography but then in the film you know she ends up working for the New York Times She's, wear- she's wearing these badass clothes. Like, she's so confident and self-assured. And it's amazing. Like, she just comes into her, her own. Yeah. And Carol loves it. Oh, well, who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. We love a strong lesbian queen. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what, I, what is, like, a highlight for you and Carol? Um, I just love... Oh, I just love it. I just absolutely love it. Um, I just love there's a theme that I'd like want to talk about and it's like the theme of journeys Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of journeys taken in the film and the camera really like focuses on that and like there's the camera is often moving like traveling with characters Mm -hmm. it starts at a train station which trains aren't really a thing in the rest of the film but oh well that's not true scratch that (laughs) The film begins at a train station and then we move to a taxi and we're moving in the car. We're following Therese to her next destination and then they go on a road trip in a car and then people are getting planes and um, it it just feels like, yeah, Carol and Therese are going on a physical journey Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But they're also going on an emotional one as well. And my favourite scene is the first time Therese goes to Carol's house and then Harge bursts in. Harge is Carol's husband, for those who don't know. Yeah. Ex-husband. They're getting yeah. divorced. Um, and then Therese gets the train home. And she sits on the train. And the camera is right up close in her face. And she just bursts into tears. And that's her moment where I feel like most gay people have this moment. Where you realise, oh, I'm gay. And that was her moment, and she's just sobbing. And it's so, it gets, like, it makes me choke up every time I watch it because it's so powerful. Yeah. Um, but, and, and that's kind of the thing that, like, the camera does follow Therese very closely. Like, it follow but then, like, it follows her gaze. Um, you know, she's watching Carol, she's watching what's going on around her, but then the camera's also watching her watch these things i mean yeah and with the photography element as well photography. which is why i guess that's more prevalent in yeah i think it was the, a good choice though, because the film is yeah. a vis- visual language anyway exactly and yeah it's a lot more artistic isn't it it's, it's like you say you've got 
the camera watching Shereya's mm. watching Carol through the lens of her own camera and yeah. there's the shots as well in the lens of the camera that Therese is using you know it's like a lot of watching everywhere yeah so much watching it's so good it's so good um <laughs> I've also just written down <laughs> I've written down this this moment um, where Carol in their meet cute she she walks away and then she turns around and looks back and she goes I like the hat oh. and then she looks her up and down yeah she points to the hat and then she looks her up and down and Teresa's like hmm? oh <laughs> yes now that's a moment where it, you're like Carol's oh. so confident you know yeah it's crazy she knows herself oh she knows and that Therese. that's a theme that carries through as well because by the end of the film basically in the film the custody of her and her ex-husband's child is kind of being debated and it kind of it's kind of unresolved by the end of the film but she maintains her self-assuredness and she's not yeah. going to deny her true self yeah and that's amazing i think that's one of the most powerful scenes of the film as well um which is in the office with the lawyers and yeah, with harge because she because she, cr- she starts crying yeah and she she basically gives a speech about how yeah um if he wants custody then he'll get his custody but she can't sacrifice her own identity because that's not going to help her child either yeah. if she can't be happy with herself and what a speech to make as well and it's like, excellent it's so vulnerable for carol to speak that way in front of basically a room of men yeah but and it's yeah. i mean it's it's i'm just thinking about tell it to the beast because i just watched it but it's set around kind of the same period like after world war Two, some sometime there and it's such like a, i don't know if you've seen it i don't want to spoil it but it's like very positive and everything's going to be fine but then in carol you've got that speech kind of just grounding you as a as a viewer of mm. yeah it's not fine like this is a horrible situation to be in yeah like look all the sacrifices that have to be made just because you're gay like in this time period like it's really horrible but that scene grounds you and makes you realize yeah this isn't all like oh mm. fun times with the girls yeah like, just girls get just girls being pals like yeah. no, it's real life like you've got all these beautiful scenes together obviously the the breakup the first breakup is horrible and super sad when Carol leaves uh, Therese. But that speech kind of clarifies everything. Yeah, and, and then you realise her motivations as well, because obviously Therese doesn't understand when Carol just has to leave. Yeah. She kind of leaves her in the dark a little bit. Um, so it, it, it's, it does reaffirm her intentions. and Yeah, yeah. and her change of mind, obviously, as well. But yeah. it's... it's yeah, it's great. Um, also, something we haven't mentioned yet, which is honestly mm. criminal. Um, Sarah Paulson. <gasps> Sarah Paulson, the queen. Sarah Paulson, the queen. Yes. Oh, I love Sarah Paulson. She's in the book a lot more. Really? And I wish she was in the film more, but Me obviously too. time constraints, blah, blah, blah. But she. Does it delve into the relationship in the book between Carol and her? I think it explains a little bit more. Like, it's still kind of ambiguous from what I can remember. I've not read the book in a few years. Um, But, yeah, it does go into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Carol and Abby um, were a a fling thing. Um, Well, they're childhood friends, aren't they? And then they had a little bit of a moment. Yeah. And then 
Yeah, now they just talk about hot girls together, <laughs> which I love I got that. Like. <laughs> the most gay thing ever. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like her a lot. And I think the fact, I mean, she just is so emotionally available for Carol when she needs her. It yeah. is pretty astounding. The way when Carol just has to leave Therese in this hotel room and Abby flies halfway across the country to drive her back home. Yeah. Um, and she's bitter about it, but she can't say no to Carol. What do you think of Abby's character? I love Abby's character. She's so guarded in a way, but like you say, she's very... She's the most there you can be for a person, for yeah. Carol. They're like... I mean, it's, God, it's great. I want more of Abby. Like, I want more I of want Abby. I want a spin-off, Abby and the Redhead. You know, even when I... <laughs> Zap it. <laughs> even when I watched Carol when I was 17, and I wasn't... I didn't really know much about Sarah Paulson yet at that point, I would say. Me neither, to be honest. Yeah. Even then, I was like, this character, I want more of it. Yeah. I want to know everything about Abby and Carol's relationship together. Yeah. I want to know it all. But now that it's Sarah She's, Paulson, and I yeah. know Sarah Paulson, and love Sarah Paulson. Who, by the way, did I ever tell you that I ran into Sarah Paulson when I was in New York? What? Did I not tell you this? Are you joking? Oh my god, okay. Wait, 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 what? Holland Taylor, by the way. <laughs> so I was in New wait, York. I don't know if you have told me this or not. Wait. When you said Anne Holland Taylor, suddenly I had a flashback. It's about to get better. This was around Christmas. This was New York Christmas. <laughs> I can't breathe. I know. <laughs> Um, I forgot what street it was on, but I saw my letterbox, so I'll figure it out. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't know if you've told me this already, but let, for the benefit of everyone, yes. please. This please, is one of the best please. moments of my life, really. So I was with my friend Jay, actually, that I watched Carol with. Oh my god, shout out Jay. Jay. Twice. Love Jay. Um, <laughs> we were in New York together, and um, just walking down the street, and suddenly... Sarah Paulson and Holland Taylor and like a group of people are walking the opposite direction so we like crossed them basically and I literally my whole body went cold my icons and by this point I was already obsessed with them like them together them both both of them all of it I was already obsessed so into it and I just saw them like in 3D oh my god they're real they're real. That's insane. And you know how people, especially actors and stuff, like you, you see them on screen and you think that's the most beautiful person I've ever seen in, in my life. Yeah. But then you see them in person yeah. and it's actually like they're 50 times hotter than on screen, but they're already so hot on screen. Oh my that God. was the experience for me. I saw Sarah Paulson and I was like, God damn, this goddess just walked past me. Oh my God, that's insane. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I just said that all very fast, but this is really fun for Thank me. you for sharing. Yeah. That is incredible. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Where do we go from here? I don't know. Anyway, Abby. That's, that's incredible. Yes. I wanted more of Abby. I just, yeah, wanted more of Sarah Paulson, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. she's so cutthroat. She's just like, suit yourself. I love that. She's so true. When Harge goes banging on her door. Oh. And she's like, I can't help you with that. Yeah. And slams the door. And I'm like, you absolute unit. I love it. So, um. so good. <laughs> Another, um... Another moment, obviously the glove lunch. We have to oh. discuss the go- the glove lunch. The glove lunch. But like, I want maybe the, obviously the most iconic line of the book and the film is, uh, "Flung out of space." Flung out of space. What, like, and then when when they get together for the first time at New Year's, she says, "My angel, flung out of space." 
What do you understand that phrase to mean? Well, how I always interpreted it is that the flying out of space kind of means like this unexpected thing of like yeah. perfection that suddenly came into Carol's life. Like, wow, she was just shopping for a present and then she met Therese, flung out of space. Suddenly she it was there. It is random, yeah. That's and, true. And she just, they fell head over heels with each other super fast. I think that's what it means. I like that. Especially because we were talking about space earlier where obviously they're queer in a very hostile mm. against queer space. Like, yeah. it, it's the last thing she expected in that environment. Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you kind of think about where she is as well, she's divorcing her husband, has like a really young child. Yeah. Um, her husband kind of knows about what happened with Abby. It's like all very difficult yeah and then suddenly Therese is there you know flung out of space oh and the rest is history yes I am um, I have a couple of pages from the book oh please that are interesting because they do them in the film quite differently and I think it's interesting not the nerd in me is like this is an interesting comparison <laughs> but you know the scene in the tunnel mm-hmm. and the you car. can kind of hear the song you belong to me in the background Mm. where like it's kind of warped and there's music playing over it and teresa's looking out the window and the tunnel is rushing through and you're kind of like artsy scene and carol's kind of in the background driving in the book it's described as follows they roared into the lincoln tunnel a wild inexplicable excitement mounted in therese as she stared through the windshield She wished the tunnel might cave in and kill them both, that their bodies may be dragged out together. She felt Carol glancing at her from time to time. Oh my goodness. Like, how intense is that? So intense. She wished the tunnel might cave in and kill them both, that their bodies might be dragged out together. That might be the most romantic thing I've ever heard. (laughs) It's so intense, but you get such a sense of how obsessed she is with Carol. Like, she would die with Carol right now and she would be the most happy that she's ever been lying next to her in death. I mean, if you think about her life, like, this is her first queer, like, attraction. Her first first gay. Her first gay. Like, that's so intense. That's so intense for anyone. she's an older woman, like, the power. Yeah. And in that time, like you say, you don't even have the words for it. Yeah. Oh, my God. All this intensity. That's crazy. But then when you you have that in mind and you re-watch the tunnel scene, I feel like it adds, like, another... Yeah. layer to it because you don't necessarily have that like have those that's true. thought processes in mind I mean Therese is very I feel like very guarded throughout the whole film like with her emotions yeah. Except, and then you see like that train scene is like a little rupture in that exactly but, exactly and then towards the end of the film when she's like I'm wide yeah, awake yeah. like you see little pockets of outbursts from yeah. her but the book is so much more invested in her like inner thoughts well, she and seems, how intense they are she seems like a very internal character on film you know but we can't read her thoughts on yeah, film yeah exactly but she, so it makes sense that in the book there's so much of this internal monologue and for example yes but there was not a moment when she did not see Carol in her mind and all she saw she seemed to see through Carol and then she talks a little bit about New York um A world was born around her like a bright forest with a million shimmering leaves. First of all, natural imagery much. Hey. (laughs) Like, I feel like the book 
and the film really go into like the nature of it all yeah um but then as well just a couple of pages later on she tried to imagine carol's face the smell of her perfume becoming meaningless but in the first place could she say she was in love with carol she had come to a question she could not answer like how broody and gay and intense right wow Oh, I need to read this book. Galano. <laughs> that's all in the beginning. Like that's like the f- first sixty pages. Wow, mate, it's crazy. But then that bit that I just read out is kind of shows that she becomes obsessed with Carol. Like all of her thoughts go back to Carol, and mm. it's like kind of the thing where you're like in the early stages of love or infatuation. You're thinking about that person all the time, and that's exciting. Um, and the film kind of hints at that through. The, like her photography taking pictures of Carol when they're picking out a Christmas tree um, mm. and like the way the camera watches Carol and the way and where it watches Therese it's yeah. quite interesting um, also Easy Living the song an absolute lesbian anthem oh no <laughs> <laughs> you know the record oh the record <laughs> I was like what do you mean <laughs> every other lesbian I speak to is like easy living yes oh wow Billy Holiday mm. when she gets when she plays that on the piano and then she buys oh. the record and then they listen to it on loop and smell each other's perfume oh. like that is just such a gay night in what the and then she, sn- she smells her it looks like they're gonna kiss and then Kate just goes to President McKinley <laughs> What does that even mean? I tried to figure out if that was like an American joke. All I could find is that President McKinley was assassinated. So that's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. funny. So, I don't know. I also read somewhere, but I don't know if it's true. I didn't fact check it, but that line may have been ad-libbed. Ah. Which would be interesting, the way they're both just lol. Yeah. (laughs) So hard. To President McKinley. (laughs) Maybe it's just an absurd little phrase. It is absurd. Yeah. It's just so random and it, like, breaks some awkward sexual tension. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's probably it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, any Americans out there who know what this means because you're American and all that, let us know. Yeah. Well, everyone thinks you're American. I'm not American. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Actually, Megan. <laughs> On the subject of smell... I feel like Carol's smell is really a common theme as well. Now hear me out, Joyce, because you're looking at me Maybe like I'm an imbecile. Scent. Oh, <laughs> should I smell has such should a I negative say- connotation? It's like should you stink, I- Carol. Should I say scent? <laughs> I think you should say scent. Carol's scent. Um, oh. It's always <laughs> oh, <laughs> say bo. <laughs> <laughs> Carol's B.O. <laughs> right. <laughs> I put my foot down. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're the main host. You do your no. thing. What are you talking about? We're equal partners. Oh, Didn't mean that as a serious thing. but <laughs> I got you. sad for a second. I know. It's gay, actually, with Amber and Joyce. Aw. Gay. Gay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd forgotten that we'd done that. <laughs> Gay, gay, gay. Okay, we are losing the plot. <laughs> oh man. Um, Carol's scent. That is a big part of the film that's referred to quite a lot. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even laughing. You started. Because 
Um, obviously to rest smell. <laughs> well, well, the scene we were just talking about, Wes. <laughs> Why are you hyperventilating? <laughs> trying to stop laughing. On the subject of smell, the scene we were just talking about, obviously Therese can't help herself. She's like, Carol's like, mm, that's divine, smell that. And then Therese leans in to smell her, she just can't. There's like a compulsion, she just has to smell her. And then even her ex-husband, Harge, is like, you smell so good, which is kind of creepy and weird. But like, there is just a few remarks about Carol's scent. And it's like, she's just so overpowering. Yeah. She, just, people just can't keep away. Oh my god! Well, yeah, but she she looks it, you know. She looks yeah. like she would smell. Yeah, also like, um, dominant. dominant. She would smell no. dominant. What does that mean? <laughs> Let's I like don't that. know. <laughs> but yes, that scene with the perfume smelling is incredibly hot. You yeah. know, um. just imagine, right? Therese is infatuated with Carol at this point. Probably in love. They're in this hotel together. She's smelling Carol's neck. How much restraint? Does she need to have in that moment to not touch Carol? Well, she nearly does it, and then they, Carol pulls away, and then she just goes to President McKinley, <laughs> as we discussed before. It's just like really intense. It's probably like a self defense mechanism of yeah. like trying to keep that boundary just for yeah, own, like own sake. Yeah, like this. there's so many queer moments like that, like subtle movements mm. and looks. Like when Therese is in the record store buying Easy Living, the track that we discussed. <laughs> um, and these two, like, butch lesbians kind of, well, we assume they're lesbians, but because when Therese looks at them, they look her up and down. And Therese is like, oh. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, I think, have you heard of this thing, like the lesbian nod? When you see like another, and um, yeah, when, when lesbian, yeah, like before they were like out, yeah, like open. it's like so, a- yeah, listeners. For those who don't know, back in the day, obviously you couldn't declare you were a lesbian openly on the street, so there would be subtle looks or gestures in a way. So, um, I think gay women would give each other violets to show that they fancied each other or something like like if a woman gave you violets it meant she was interested in you like oscar wilde talks about green carnations oh beautiful um, flower that's what gay men used to give to each other they used to give each other a, a green carnation carnation and that would signify that they were gay um so it's just kind of things like that and then the lesbian nod is where you walk past another queer woman on the street and you just kind of like acknowledge each other like a little nod or like a little look that's and i feel amazing. like that was kind of that moment and then teresa's like they know i'm gay how but i love it but what yeah i'm buying this record for my girl well it's clearly because it's easy living yeah carol also wears red all the time and i feel like that is xmas le- xmas <laughs> carol- <laughs> sounds like a porn <laughs> carol also wears red all the time and i feel like that is classic christmas lesbian chic wow classic christmas lesbian chic cclc <laughs> CCLC. Oh my god, I'm gonna make that happen next December. Yes, I love it. That's incredible. I mean, red is a color of passion and love. Yeah, but they always put Carol in red, and I didn't know if it was like just because Christmas and Teresa's wearing green sometimes, but or maybe it's just because they. It, so she stands out from the crowd. She's a big red flag. She's a big red flag. She's a big old lesbian. Oh. <laughs> Coming your way. Watch out, Teresa. <laughs> 
that's <laughs> that's incredible. Is, you know that standing out of the cr- from the crowd makes a lot of sense because yeah. you know the poster, the film poster. She's like Carol's in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she stands out, obviously. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah, it's and true. it's the same thing with you know when she motions out to us in the start, like I like your hat. It's like there's so many people, but our yeah. eyes are like focused on. Because the cat, that's a good point with that scene because Therese notices her and they make eye contact. Mm-hmm. The camera's looking at her and then it dramatically pans to this woman being like, excuse me, where's the lady's toilet? Yeah. And it's like her gaze is interrupted, like the camera jerks away. Yeah. But it does so like involuntary because she just wants to be looking at Carol. Because even the first time she sees her, she's like, who is this woman? I can't take my eyes off her. Yes. And that is the real tea. <laughs> and I love that. Um, um, I'm just checking we haven't missed anything. Well, that's I, moments I love in the film as well. And this is, it's very bittersweet because it's awful and it's super sad. But it's, I love Carol's like power when she comes into that hotel room with a gun in her hand, <gasps> ready yes. to shoot that right. piece Ex- of shit. Explain that bit a little bit for this anyone is, that might not have horrible. seen it. horrible. This is so um, intrusive mm. and honestly uh, can you even imagine no no it's literally awful but basically um the night that therese and carol spend together 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 um harsh basically (laughs) sent this private investigator type person um to yeah like spy on them um so actually record them as well record them so um they find out that this man recorded the audio from their bedroom on this audio recording device from the 50s. Gross. Yes, and he already sent the tape by the time Carol walks in. Um, But she's holding a gun. Um, She's furious. It's honestly, it's so terrifying because that's the moment where it all actually goes bad. Because now Harsh has these tapes and he has proof um, to get custody of Rindy because Carol is not giving him what he wants, which is her, basically. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like the film has been building up to that first time moment. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, and you're like in this bliss for like five minutes. And then that happens and she pulls out the gun. And then she's swearing and she's angry. And the film just spirals. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is intense like it's really it's it's horrible what happens to them um but then they just put the gun in a bin and it's kind of forgotten about which is interesting that there was no like consequence to that yeah it's, i mean it's good <laughs> but yeah. well she doesn't shoot him no well in that moment watching the film for the first time because i hadn't read the book at that point i thought oh my god yeah this film is going to unravel fast. I was—I thought it was going to turn into a Thelma and Louise, mm. but gay. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> the, l- let's we be honest. We can talk about the queer coding. Of oh my god, and we should Louise. do an episode about Thelma and Louise. We should do an episode about queer coding. Yes. And Thelma and Louise should be in it. Oh Definitely. God. Okay. Yes. If you want that, let us know. Yes. Ten out of ten. One of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> I love that film. I need it's to watch it again because so it's been good. so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. Um, do you want to talk a bit about the ending? Yeah, we can talk about the ending. So, let me just think. Teresa's oh. lo- is she's kind of moved on. I feel 
um, she's kind of like found her life again yeah. after Carol. They, they haven't been together for months at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Carol is going through the divorce with Harge. There's the whole custody issue. She's completely distancing herself from Therese. There's a scene where they're actually on the phone together but don't speak at all. Yeah. And it's so intense. Like this <sighs> longing breathing through the like, tele... Yeah, just like through that telephone line. Like all this weighted longing that's in there. It's, it's insane. But yeah, they don't, they're not together, basically. And then... They reunite. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so they go... So Carol sends Therese a letter at um, her new job at the New York Times and said, will you meet me for a drink at this place at this time? I understand if you cannot. And Therese goes. She meets Carol. They have a brief conversation. And Carol says, I've got my own apartment. And then she said, I thought you might like to come and live with me, but I guess you wouldn't. And then she goes, would you? And Teresa's like, there's a pause. And then she goes, no, I don't think so. And then Carol just goes, well, that's that then. And then they have a, yeah, they have a small heartbroken conversation where Teresa doesn't say much, but... Well, neither of them say that much, but then you can just see everything in Carol's eyes, and she just looks so heartbroken. Oh, yeah. But then so strong at the same time, and then she just says, I love you. And then we're back to the beginning of the film, where (laughs) a man interrupts the conversation, and then she leaves, and the the scene has an entirely different meaning, and... Therese has a choice to make basically and she goes to a party and then decides no I'm going to leave the party I'm going to meet Carol for dinner where she said um, because she'd said oh do you want to come for dinner before and then the final scene is just she stood in the middle of the restaurant staring at Carol and Carol just looks at her and it's exactly the way it's described in the book as well like they're just looking at each other and the the see, the film ends with Carol's face and she's smiling and it's powerful because it's the first it was the first lesbian led storyline with a happy slash ambiguous ending there wasn't absolute tragedy and disaster um and there that's hopeful yeah reading that in the 50s you imagine like the hope that you would feel reading that if you were in their position yeah and that's nice it's very it's a perfect uh, ending it's so because heartwarming you imagine all of the possible scenarios after that moment and that's the beauty of it because the story like the way the story is done it's like it's the perfect story because it just starts and it just ends it's just such a s- snapshot no pun intended because Teresa's is a <laughs> photographer but it is just like a like a moment in time yeah it is. Um, I was saying this earlier about that power dynamic, but I feel like um, so throughout the most of the film, Carol has power over Therese, like in the dynamic, you know. Yeah. And then they break up, and then that moment that Carol is asking her to move in with her, Therese has that power over Carol. But then in that final moment, it's almost like very equal because mm. they're they just have the staring like they just look at each other and it's every, it says everything but yeah. they've both made choices at this point Carol has made the choice to ask Therese to come back that takes courage Therese said no she goes away but then she gets the courage 
to go see Carol anyway. Yeah. So they're kind of like equal at that point, and that's how it, it ends, you know. And it is hopeful. Like you assume that it's going to turn out well after that. You that know? they're equal together and going, they're able to go forward. Yeah. Together is equal. Exactly. That's so lovely. I love it. Oh, me too. Oh, what a beautiful film. It's so I cry every time I watch it. It's so like wow. It's just. Yeah, there's so much pain in it and so much like misery if you think yeah. about like especially Carol's situation but also Therese like she's so young and her life changes so drastically and she goes through so much pain when she's driving home after Carol leaves her in a motel that's so heart wrenching mm. but then she grows so much from that and she becomes this very strong person and then still they get to end up together after all that <sighs> It's beautiful. It is amazing. Especially yeah. in that time as well. Oh, God, I know we yeah. keep saying that. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But <laughs> it just is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I was going to say. If we, if we consider final thoughts on the film, like, well, like, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but what does this film mean? And why, like, why is it still so good and last the test of time? Well, I think the main thing is that this is like one of the biggest um, women loving women films to have come out in the last decade because it's yeah. like a, it's a Hollywood film nominated for Oscars. Um, yeah, big product. Harvey Weinstein produced it. For, it's awful, but um, important to bring up. I feel. Yeah, big name at the time, but yeah. Um, so it is. It's a massive production, and it, it's like an award. What's that called when they? films are made specifically for awards a blockbuster like an o- Oscar bait or something oh yeah Oscar, Oscar bait I mean, you can call it Oscar baity yeah. that's fair like with the big with the big names the, the big, big names the big cast yeah like. the, the big production I mean it's yeah. like it's this whole thing so I think and you know a lot of straight people watched it yes you know, it was yeah. a big film for everyone yeah. um, I feel like it's and in a way where the characters are still queer they're not made for straight people but straight people still watch it because of what the film was at the time. Yeah, I think it is very palatable for a straight audience, which oh, has yeah, its sure. downsides in film, I feel like, sometimes. And we've kind of touched on that in previous episodes. Yeah. But this one is good because it doesn't, like, water down any of their relationship no. or queerness or anything. Like, I don't think it, so. It maintains the characters in an authentic way, like how they are in the book. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, when I think of Carol, I always think of it as the most mainstream film of, like, the queer yeah. films I know and, like... Um, yeah. So it is, it's super important. Like, this film is a milestone for queer cinema, I, I would say. Um, yes. in, the, in the mainstream sense, at least. So, yeah. Good thing. Good deal. Oh, Love amazing. It. Couldn't agree more. That is a fantastic note to end the Carol Deep Dive tour on, I feel Ooh, like. Um... So, to conclude our podcast series the way we usually do, Joyce, on the subject of queer cinema, do you have a positive representation for an LGBT character or just someone in life that you want to shout out this month? I had one in mind and it completely escaped my brain. Oh no! Oh my god! (laughs) Who was I thinking? Wait... You go first. I don't know what happened to me. I had one in mind. I'll go first. Well, I want to talk about... um, I've actually reviewed this film. Well, the review went up today, but by the time you're listening to this, it went up on Tuesday. 
um, so two days ago. Um, uh, it's a documentary called Always Amber, which, first of all, hey. excellent name. Love it, love it, love it. Beautiful. Um, it's a Swedish documentary, and it's about a queer, non-binary teenager called Amber, who basically the film follows their journey um coming of age and also their transition um and it's a very like there's a lot of teen angst and teen drama in it but it's like really real and they um the directors let amber film a lot of the documentary themselves so it's very like i loved it i thought it was fantastic representation and it's such a Amber goes on such a journey emotionally, physically, and it's just amazing. And one of the reasons I want to shout it out as well is because um, it's so the film is on Amazon Prime, but it's also on an app um, or a streaming platform called Islet, who UK Film Review, who we do this podcast with, um, they have a new partnership with, and it's very exciting. Um, <clears throat> but. I was going to say, if any of you listeners out there want to promote a film or want to promote a streaming platform or anything to do with, like, a character or just anything, um, like, get in touch with UK Film Review. All of the information is on the UK Film Review website and we can give you a shout-out on the podcast or you can choose another podcast series to shout it out on. But, yeah, we're all up for promoting up-and-coming filmmakers and films and fest- film festivals that are slightly smaller than the big ones. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I wanted to shout out this week because I think it's important that we empower smaller films and, yeah, especially queer voices too. So Absolutely. get in touch with us. Yes. Love that. I've actually been wanting to watch Always Ember. It's, it's on the yeah. list. It's so good. Yeah, it it's looks amazing. so, so good. Um, Amber is an amazing person. Have you remembered your positive? Yes. Well, I, but just because I've literally been obsessed with this film, right? I want to shout out the two women in Between Two Women. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, I, I don't know why I love this film so much. Like, I really, the editing is outrageous. Is it? How bad is it? It's outrageous. That there's like these fade outs that don't dissolve oh my god, like that a, don't make any sense like a TV movie yes oh my god iconic it, so the whole film is on YouTube it's called Between Two Women once again um, I the relationship between the two women is so excellent yeah. I don't know how to put this into words because uh, <laughs> you don't expect like oh fun movie night yay no <laughs> <laughs> like the the whole film is grim. It's like in the north, like um, in the industry, it's pretty bad. Oh. The situation, the context, but this relationship that blossoms between these women literally made me scream out loud. <laughs> I was just watching this by myself, and I was just gasping, looking around to see if anyone else saw what I saw. But there's no one there because I'm by myself. <laughs> so I want to shout I love out films like that. Yes, I want to shout out these women. Um, for their incredible characters. Shout out! Woo! Woo! On that lovely note, thank you so much for listening to the Gay Actually podcast series as part of the UK Film Review podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at UKF Review, or if you want to get in touch with us, um, you can have a look on the UK Film Review website for details on how to do that. Um, thanks for listening. Thank you, Joyce. 
Thank you. And we'll see you guys next month. Take care, everyone. Amazing. Bye. 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 Bye.